time for Attack of the Turtle, Chapter 6. Intake valve, Ezra called out. I was sitting inside the submarine in the middle of Oster Cove. The turtle, tethered to the rowboat, bobbed gently in the shallow water. Two weeks had passed since the post rider had hoofed off towards New York. So far, no redcoats or Tories had shown up. It was a good thing, too. The turtle wasn't quite ready. As soon as Ezra took it out in the shallow waters of the cove, problems began popping up. First, the fresh air ventilator failed to push out the stale air in the submarine. Then the pumps that forced water out of the basalt tank so the submarine could ascend malfunctioned. Agitated, David went to work. The problems were finally solved, but precious time had slipped by. The other issue was that we were working in broad daylight. David decided it was better to risk someone seeing us than to slow down the repairs by working only at night. It's probably not a secret anymore, if Pratt knows, David growled from the rowboat. I'm surprised half the town isn't out here. I worked the intake valve lever with my foot and heard water gurgling into the ballast tank. The craft began descending. Whoa, yelled Ezra. We don't want the thing to go under just yet. Check, I hollered. Ballast pumps, Ezra called. I worked the ballast pump with my hand and forced the water back out. The turtle began to rise. Check. Vertical oars, Ezra called. I twirled the hand crank to the top side oars. Looking out the open hatch, I saw the oars spinning around. Check. Horizontal oars, Ezra said. I twirled the other hand crank. Check. Ezra called, since I couldn't see them from inside the submarine. Depth gauge and compass! The two in instruments were right in front of my face. David had fastened little strips of foxfire onto them. Check! As we went through the rest of the checklist, I manually researched how to operate the submarine. Push the intake valve down to submerge. Operate the upper hand crank to move the vessel deeper. Use lower hand crank to move forward. Push out the water from the ballast tank with the pump. It was a lot to remember. I was glad I wasn't Ezra. Gentlemen, David called out. We've got company. I popped my head out of the submarine. Ezra was shading his eyes against the sun, squinting at the shore 100 feet away. It's Elias and Mama and an old man. He looked at David and laughed. Guess we're safe, big brother. They don't look too much like Tories. Go see what they want, David muttered irritably. Oh, and you're going to cram into the turtle with Nate while I'm gone? All right, we'll both go. You row. David looked at me. You're going to be all right, Nate. We'll be back in a few minutes. Sure, I said. Not sure at all. As the rowboat pulled away, I felt an old familiar fear rise. I was surrounded by water, and no one was around to help. I sat down and pulled my feet up, taking great care not to accidentally bump the intake valve.
From one of the windows, I watched my cousins reach the shore. They spoke with Uncle Elias and shook hands with an elderly visitor. The next thing I knew, David, Areza, Ariza, and the old man were in the boat rowing towards the turtle. I popped out of the hatch and grabbed the rope. Ezra tossed to me. David was talking eagerly to the man, who seemed to be just as excited as David. Extraordinary, exclaimed the old man. This is simply extraordinary, Mr. Bushnell. I would be honored to watch you test it. The honor is all mine, Dr. Franklin, David said. Your timing is perfect. We just finished the final repairs. I'm going to take it into deeper waters today and see how it does. Dr. Franklin? Oh my gosh! He must have gotten the letter after all. But how? Dr. Franklin, this is Nathan Wade, David said. Nathan, this is Dr. Benjamin Franklin. Dr. Franklin was stout, bald on top, with long gray hair on the sides, just like the drawings of him in the New London Gazette. You would be the letter writer, he said, extending his hand up towards me. I'm so glad you wrote. The Continental Congress is sending me to New York to inspect the army. Saybrook was on the way, and I couldn't resist stopping by here to see uh, the water machine. It's a great honor to have you here, David said. I've been an admirer of yours for years. Mr. Bushnell, the honor is all mine. It's a pleasure to meet a man of like mind. David smiled shyly and mumbled something that sounded like, thank you. Nate, let's say you and David exchange places, Ezra said. It's time for our first test run. I climbed out and David climbed in. A few minutes later, the turtle began sinking into the inky water. In a minute, only the coning tower was above water. David, peering out of the port window, smiling. He was saying something to me. I read his lips. Don't be afraid, Nate. Don't be afraid. Then, with a gurgle, the turtle was gone. Dr. Franklin, Ezra, and I sat quietly in the rowboat, watching the dark water. Pretty amazing, isn't it? Ezra said. A few months ago, all we had was two pieces of wood. Now there's a submarine down there getting ready to wreck habit on the British. And just in time, Dr. Franklin said. The British are gathering in force in New York Harbor. General Washington needs your help. We sat and waited and waited and waited some more. I was certain the 30-minute air supply of the turtle was gone. Still, David did not appear. Ezra stirred anxiously. Come on, David, he muttered. You don't have to check every part the first time. Finally, the water rippled 50 feet away. The conning tower of the turtle broke the surface. We rode over, and Ezra opened the hatch. David he heaved himself on his elbows, gulping air. Gentlemen, it worked perfectly, he gasped. Are you all right? Ezra asked. David nodded, but his face was deathly white. 
The air got a bit stale. I wanted to check everything, and I must have lost track of time. We rode towards the shore, the turtle in tow. It's a lot more work than I anticipated, David said. To work the oars and the rudder simultaneously. Know where you are. Work the ballast pumps. It's a handful. He sighed and looked at Ezra. It's one thing to be doing calm in a little cove, but I hear New York Harbor has lots of currents. I know I'd never make it. I'd probably be pulled out to the sound, and you'd never find me. As much as I want to pilot the turtle and take the risk, I'm glad it's going to be you. Ezra nodded. I know. That's what I'm here for. You're the brains, and I'm the brawn. We rode along in silence. Dr. Franklin was staring intently at the submarine, his wifty hair, his wispy hair wafting in the breeze. The sun was setting, the water glittered in the orange flame. So what is it like down there? I asked. Pitch dark, David said, except for the foxfire on the depth gauge and compass. I couldn't see anything. I did it all by feel. It took me a while, but the more I worked with things, the easier it got. Foxfire? Dr. Franklin said thoughtfully. Yes, foxfire would work nicely. In the summer months, anyway. Cold weather kills it. Good thinking, Mr. Bushnell. David smiled. Actually, it was Nathan's idea. Really? Dr. Franklin said. Splendid, young man. I guess inventing runs in the family. I swelled up like a frog with pride. My own thinking was along the lines of fireflies, Dr. Franklin said. If you caught thousands of them and hung them in bottles in the submarine, you could get quite a glow going for a little while. The problem would be keeping them alive long enough. They die quickly when bottled up. And you can't exactly catch a fresh supply when you're underwater. Now can you? He chuckled. And catching that many fireflies would take a lot of men. Maybe you could get the Continental Army to help. But I don't think General Washington would stand for having half his army transming about after insects. Dr. Franklin paused. I also wondered if you could somehow capture little sparks of light you see in the water, he said. You boys live by the sea. You know what I'm talking about. Indeed I did. Even with a little time I'd spent on the water, sometimes at night, I'd see luminous patches of light in the surf. I believe the light is caused by a mass of extremely tiny sea creatures. I call them amicules, Dr. Franklin said. Amicules? Ezra asked. You can't see them with the human eye, Dr. Franklin explained. At least not until a million of them have massed together. So you're not even sure amicules exist? David asked. No, it's just a theory I have. But a theory in the first step towards discovery, as well you know, Mr. Bershnell. Dr. Franklin nodded towards the turtle. We all looked at the craft bobbing beside us in the water. Lighting the water machine with amicals presents the same practical problems as fireflies, however, 
Dr. Franklin said. How do you bottle them up and keep them alive long enough? He looked at me and smiled. So it sounds like Foxfire will do very nicely. I was going to respond to your letter, Mr. Wade, but since I was coming this way, I thought I'd have a chat with you myself. I looked at David and Ezra. I wonder why Mr. Pratt sent my letter. I figure he has teared up and sent his note about the turtle to the British. Maybe he didn't read it after all. Actually, this Mr. Pratt must have seen your letter, Dr. Franklin said. On the back of this envelope was a note to a Colonel Nelson of the British Army. It describes your submarine and says it was a threat to the British Navy. Ezra goffed. I know what happened. Pratt was probably in such a hurry, he accidentally used the envelope addressed to Dr. Franklin instead of the new one, so the British never got Pratt's warning. David looked at me intently. Nate, I've got a mission for you. If the British never got the message, Pratt must be wondering why they haven't done something. I've got a feeling he's going to take matters into his own hands. I need you to go to his house tonight and see what you can find out. Why don't we all go together? I asked, shivering at the thought of creepy Mr. Pratt. Ezra and I have got to get the turtle on the sloop to go down to New York. I found someone to loan us theirs, a boat, the crew, everything. But we've got to move fast. I hate to get this close and have that fool Tory destroy years of my work. Well, all right, I said. Good. I know you could do it. Take the rowboat after we drop off Dr. Franklin. Meet us at midnight on the island. We'll have the turtle ready to go. And this is the end of chapter six.